The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. And yes, I am Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living dynamic landscape of work through visual devices, through visual systems through visual information sharing, how to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we know we will be. We install that level, it becomes a platform of thinking and improvement for us. We make that concrete level out of visual systems, out of visual devices, out of visual information sharing so we can literally see how we think and how that thinking functions. We capture it and in that way we can improve it. And why do we bother? We bother for the incredible bottom line benefits in terms of improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking cost, a 15 to 30 percent increase in productivity we see consistently. 15 percent we see consistently. Yes, information deficits are that widespread. And the thing about information deficits is that they are invisible. Our enemy is not there. Our enemy is powerful in its absence. Information deficits means the information that we need to do our work, to do it safely, correctly, on time, whether we are a CEO or an operator, is not there. We have to search for it. We have to struggle. We have to ask questions, interrupt others to get the information that is not at our fingertips when and as we need it. So we do it for that benefit, and we do it for the splendid cultural outputs, the benefits of a spirited and engaged workforce doing the dance of work because the informational landscape supports it. The struggle goes. We can dance. We do the dance of work. And we enjoy ourselves at work. The enterprise becomes increasingly awake, aware, fluid. It is a workplace that speaks. Oh, wonderful. To which I say, oh, wonderful. So that's what our show is about. And today, we're going to continue our conversation on the hero within. We've been handling the issue of what's the match between heroes and grumpy people? 
can we really think of a grumpy, grouchy person as a hero? And I've been sharing with you what I've learned about that. And we'll talk more about that after just a couple of announcements. I want to tell you to check our calendar. We're doing a series of follow-up sessions on the people who attended our public seminars over the last six months so that we can support them in their thinking and in their progress. We are going to be with the Shingle Prize in September in Knoxville. That's also on our website. We'll be in Mexico in October, in the UK in November. We will be doing a series of public seminars. They're being organized now, and they may be scheduled for this fall or the spring. But we want to continue offering to the general public, to you, the work that I've been doing and developing over the last 30 years. We certainly do on-site seminars, on-site briefings, on-site conversions and assessments. That's the heart of our work. The public venues are there so that people can just kind of drop in with one or two members of their team and think about this possibility called workplace visuality, becoming visual thinkers, creating a workforce of visual thinkers. What does it mean? Well, it's my job to show you what that means or has come to mean to me over these many, many decades, I mean, really decades. <laughs> when you start talking about your life in decades, you're getting old. And also, uh, the experience has been rich, and I've learned a lot. I'm really happy to share it. Please check out our website, our homepage for free podcasts, for free video clips, very good ones, we think, down at the bottom of the page. You should still be able to see it above the fold if you're on a regular computer. You'll have to move down if you are on your uh, iPhone or a smaller, smaller surface. Please sign up for copies of our weekly Visual Thinker newsletter with good articles every week or go to our articles page and search. It's a very beautiful page created by uh, Horatio Fairburn, our tech manager. We offer this to you because we want you to know what it would be like to let the workplace speak. We want you to get knowledgeable, and get informed. And for those of you who actually want to take a concrete step and go through a visual conversion, then please get our licensed packages, Work That Makes Sense. That's also available on our website. Or join our training of trainers or arrange for one for your trainers on site. We will come and spend a week with you and everything will change. So all of those announcements are uh, on our website, visualworkplace.com. I forgot to tell you visualworkplace.com and lots of other things happening and we'll tell you about them gradually we are getting close to beginning our sixth year with you we began in September just about six years ago so come September we should have a celebration let's do that we'll throw a party hope you can come so let's get into today today we continue to build the case that there is a hero within each of us and that hero wants to get out not just in our everyday lives with our family and our church group and our sports, but also at work. Because the hero, that thing inside of us, wants to contribute in a way that is exceptional. The hero loves improvement. We all do. I'll do another show on the pattern of work so that I can evidence to you how this capability is actually hardwired into our brain. The desire, the need to actually find finer and finer levels of pattern. 
it has a great deal to do with the brain function condition that 50% of our resources in our brain are dedicated to finding and interpreting visual data. So those work together very nicely, and they certainly are the basis, the brain function basis of why workplace visuality is so important and why its absence is uh, so detrimental, so non-work oriented, so counterproductive. Last week we talked about the value field. I'm going to be marrying the two, the hero within the grumps, three, the hero within the grumps, number two, and number three, the value field in the story that I tell today, which I hope makes some very strong points. And I believe next week we will be discussing supervisors and the role of the supervisor in helping the hero within to come out. I believe that we will fit that in next week. And cover the territory this week. So I'm going to be telling you the story about Charlie and about his table. And it is told within the context of a 5S rollout that I did at a plant, an aerospace uh, supplier called Hamilton Standard. Their plant in Windsor Locks, near Windsor Locks, outside of Hartford, um, Connecticut, just near the airport, the Hartford Airport. This plant became famous during World War II as the plant that produced all of the propellers for all of the planes, the Allied Force planes, during World War II. It was extremely productive, very important, a real crowning jewel in the many plants that supported the World War II war effort so many, many years ago decades. And this plant decided, under the leadership of a wonderful man named Clark Shea, decided to get visual and began in the what's called the Prop Center. This plant was huge. 2,000 people. It was a mile square. It felt that way. It might have been slightly short of, it might have been a half a mile square, but it was a huge plant, all under one roof. And Clark asked me to undertake the conversion of the prop center because he wanted a showcase and he wanted that showcase to sell the idea of 5S to everyone else. He didn't want to have to push it, he wanted it to be pulled and he knew that my approach to 5S had a very, very heavy visual aspect. It wasn't just neat and clean, we didn't do three S's, we did five of them. And as we moved into the fourth and fifth S and the plus one S, it was called 5S plus one. So those are three different steps. Things got very visual, not just labels and lines, but borders that functioned and addresses that were important for leading to decisions. These were what I call driver license level addresses. He liked my work and he wanted a visual showcase level in the center of the plant, and so we worked on that. And we used, of course, three tagging and some of the classic techniques. And I want to just say a few things about three tagging because this relates to our our story, our hero in disguise, Charlie. At the heart of the red tag process is the territorial imperative. At the heart of throwing things out is the sense that many, many operators feel 
about the things of the workplace, they feel a deep sense of ownership. Even though the things of work are rarely owned by an individual operator and only if you bring in your tools, your own tools, which sometimes happens. Even though it feels as though this stuff is mine. Even if it's only mine for one shift, don't mess with it. And don't tell me what to do with it. This is particularly strong amongst us here in the United States, the so-called Americans. We feel very territorial. Don't mess with the me, we say. Don't mess with the me. (laughs) And that's why early on, a 5S implementation can often get off the tracks because the first thing you do in 5S is get rid of the clutter. What you call junk, but it's somebody else's junk. And they call it a treasure, or they call it, I want it. And so when I started doing this in the 1980s, I hit many, many failures based on this misidea, this mistake of you got to get rid of the junk because I call it junk. And I began to develop a new way, and I'll, I'll brief you on that as a context for what we do next. But first we have a break, and I'll be back when you are, when you are back, I am back. I'm waiting for you right here. Thanks. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. 472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. You're at the second part of our show today at the Visual Workplace, and we're going to be talking about Charlie's Table, about the value field, about the hero within, and about 5S 
that goes wrong. We're also going to be talking about how to make it right. And I'm doing that right now. I'm saying be careful of the territorial imperative. Be careful at the first step of the first step of a what should be a very beneficial process for the company and for people, 5S, that you don't step on people's toes and create people issues. This period is fraught with danger. And this is where a lot of the missionary zeal goes awry and people are turned off forever. So that maybe you've had this experience if you're a trainer or a CI specialist or consultant. In some plants, you're not even allowed to use the word 5S anymore. It has done such damage. The territorial imperative will be one of the reasons. The push, push, push. We say, in our approach, the majority does not rule. This is also for three tagging. The exception does. So if we're using three colors of tag, red for get rid of it, I know I don't want it, green for keep it, I know I do want it, yellow for I'm not sure, this is the way the hierarchy works. If six out of the seven tags are red and one of the tags is green, the item stays. The exception rules, not the majority. If six out of the seven tags on an item are red and one is yellow, the item goes into temporary storage for yellow. I'm not sure yet. Please notice the description say, I'm not sure. Say, I want to keep it. Say, I don't want it. So here we have the merging of the I-driven self, the I-driven workplace, the I-driven visual workplace, merging with this first step of 5S. The exception rules, that means the I rules. The impact is you have a values-driven bias, which can be powerful beyond calculation, and the results are beneficial, positive, and long-lasting because you have a bias towards action, but the majority doesn't rule, the exception does. And you teach it this way. These are the rules. If somebody wants to keep it, they get to keep it. We're not going to argue over it, and we're not going to do something against that person's will because we want that person's will. That's the only way we can keep going and growing. So what is it going to cost us? Nothing. It stays. The only thing is it has to be put in great visual order. Made safe, made clean, border address, made visual. Don't waste your time arguing about these things. Diplomacy and resourcefulness can ease the territorial imperative. I remember one supervisor was tearing his hair out because an assembly operator wanted to keep a big pile of parts, a just-in-case parts, on his desk. And Tom had come from a plant that had gone through 5S where that was not allowed. And the operator said, but I might need them. And Tom, who was learning a new way, said, okay, 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 I'm going to do this a new way this time. So he was thinking and thinking. He said, okay, I'm not going to push the issue. He got a little itchy, and he went up to the operator woman and said, Marianne, would you mind, would you be willing, just for me, you know how I feel about your pile of parts, but help me a little bit. Would you mind just putting a green dot down on this card, a little three-by-five by card, anytime you take a part from the pile? 
just put a green dot, take the part, put a green dot down on the card. Just do that for a week. Would you mind? She said, no, it doesn't cost me anything. If that makes you happy, Tom, I'll do it. Sure. And he said, thank you. And at the end of the week, Marianne's card was covered with green dots. And at the end of the second week, she said, hey, Tom, can you help me get rid of this junk? All these parts, it's just cluttering up my desk. He took a diplomatic approach. He didn't make her do it. But he was still teaching. He was still sharing his knowledge, but in a way that was indirect. Visuality is a pull system. The only way I have been able to make it work is based on a self-driven model. I've been doing this work for decades, visual conversions, and I know the outcome. And I know it can be dazzling, but it can't be dazzling if it's pushed. Because what we're teaching is a teaching, is a system of thinking. Then it becomes a system of doing. But it's a teaching of thinking with principles, core principles, and core practices. I will present that to you soon as well. I've got that lined up as one of our shows. Very clean. Here are the six core principles. It is a self-driven model. Self-explaining, self-ordering, self-regulating, self-improving workplace where what is supposed to happen does happen on time, every time, day or night, because of visual devices. It's pulled into place. And that exact self is the self that we meet in S1 when we sort through and sort out and get rid of the junk in 5S. So we have to proceed thoughtfully because it is the step, a step, a powerful moment on a very long journey. Let people keep their cherished things. It's not going to ruin your initiative. It will not even slow it down. In fact, it'll speed things up because you're not getting involved with emotionally charged issues for individuals. You're not making a federal case out of it. This is leadership. Managers will sometimes declare war on junk, kamikaze style, and it's a problem. Get rid of it, even if it looks like clutter. And the area is easily emptied, bins after bins after bins, against the quiet, sometimes silent protest of those who knew better. Those gauges you threw out, they look like little filings, but they're not. Those are gauges. Go ahead, supervisor, or go ahead, fellow operators. Go down the tubes. I'm not saying a word because you're pushing and I'm not pushing back. Just letting you do what you want to do. So now I want to shift to the whole idea of grouches. People who really don't want to get on board and they broadcast it loudly. And I would say the title for this section is something like, Leave the Grouches Alone, The Good Will Happen All in Good Time. All in Good Time. Do no harm. Do no harm. So let me set up the story for Charlie. Charlie worked in this New England plant, large aerospace manufacturing plant by the Hartford Airport. 5S plus one implementation was about in its ninth month. The shop floor looked very different in the prop center. The clutter was gone. The floors of machines shone. Addresses, borders were in place. 
lots of visual inventions were cropping up. The team was very excited. It had become a team. But there was a problem. The plant was going to close. It was held by UTC, United Technologies, and corporate said, you know what? You guys are not producing business. If you don't get a new contract for at least $2 million in the next six months, we're closing the plant. That's it. And the word went through the grapevine. People knew about this. And I think, what can we do? What can we do? And one day, something very magical happened. The colonel from the army, a colonel who came, came through to check out the plant. He was looking for a new contractor. And he was walking around the prop center. And he saw a visual indicator, a visual sign, if you will, right outside what's called the Mandeli, which is a huge machining center, CNC machining center. They were doing shank machining. And on this standing sign, there was a picture of the shank before it went into the machining process and a picture right next to it, right to the right, side by side, of what it looked like when it left. And the colonel stopped. I heard about this later through the uh, props manager, Stanley Mickens, a really bright light, uh, West Point graduate who had become part of the plant. Fantastic. And Stanley told me about it later. He said, the colonel looked at me and he said, you know what? I like this sign. And he leaned on it, kind of put his arm on it. And he said, I like this sign. This sign makes me feel smarter. I feel smarter when I look at this sign. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you guys the contract because here's the fact. Your process is identical to your two competitors, the plants I've already seen. Your quality is exactly the same. Your lead time is exactly the same. But I feel smarter in this plant. So I'm going to give you the contract. Wow, fantastic. And by the way, that was the fire that lit me up about customer-driven visual order, which is another aspect of visuality and where to go to amplify your 5S customer-driven visual order. That colonel gave me that as a gift. And what he gave to the plant as a gift was this contract. And it was a contract for $3.5 million. Well, the first thing that Stanley did after the tour was he got in touch with Clark. He said, Clark, it's happened. We got this contract. Oh, boy. Clark called corporate and he said, you know what? You can just tear up those plans for tearing us down because we got the contract. Well, you know, UTC corporate was not exactly happy. They were already, they knew the plant was doomed and they were already making plans about what they were going to do instead and what they were going to do with the money, having sold the real estate, which was really valuable right across from the Hartford airport. Darn. Darn, they said, darn. I wasn't there. They didn't say it to me. But what they did say is, well, you know what? We're going to send our VP of, cor of marketing to see you next Tuesday. And you're going to have to explain yourself. You're going to, we want a presentation, and you're going to have to explain to us how you did this. And by the way, the day, this day was Wednesday. So it was Wednesday of the week before. Our VP will be there on Tuesday of the next week. The tension mounts. Something is about to happen. <laughs> it has everything to do with Charlie. But we're ready for our second break, so you're going to have to wait. 
better come back and hear what happens next. I'll be here. (laughs) Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi. Uh, this is Gwendolyn. We are in, we're in the third part of our show today at the Visual Workplace, and we are launched into Charlie's story. Charlie the Big Grouch. We're going to meet him in a moment. We're at Hamilton Standard. They've just gotten a three and a half million dollar contract that saved the plant all good things are happening and then the Charlie thing happens by the way you can see a picture of the standing sign that got the colonel so pleased and happy in the newsletter this week just a standing sign but it's really interesting to look at it Newsletter Visual Thinker, the Visual Thinker, we publish it weekly. You can go to visualworkplace.com and either sign up as a free member or uh, wait for another day or so and the newsletter will be posted under, um, hmm, I think it's under articles. Darn it, I'm not sure. No, it's in the newsletter only because it's about the radio show. It's not a separate article. The article is on something else this week. Okay really good article on the value field. So here we are. The plant has been saved, and Clark says, gets a phone call from UTC Corporate saying, we're going to be there on Tuesday, have a presentation ready. It's Wednesday. 
he gets a hold of Stanley Mickens, who's in charge of the prop center. He said, Stanley, congratulations. Fantastic. UTC will be here on next Tuesday. Please be ready. Good presentation. And thank you for saving our plant. He knew something happened because of the prop center, because it was dazzling. He wanted to know what as well. So Char uh, Stanley went to the steering team, group of associates. It's part of our methodology. A group of associates who work as kind of internal consultants, at least at this stage. They were very, very mature. And he said to the steering team of associates, he said, I need you to put a presentation together. Have it ready for Monday. I want to see it on Monday. You'll present on Tuesday. And you've got this amount of time and this kind of resource to help you out. Please meet today. By the way... Today was now Thursday. It was the next day. They met, and the steering team decided that what they really wanted to do was make a video. Make a video of a before, and then show the after, and use that as the kind of talking piece. But the problem was, there were no more befores left in the prop center, because it had gone through this dazzling conversion, except for one area, Charlie's area. Charlie's area, it was still in the before state because this guy was such a grouch and such a grump that he would not participate at all. And I was working with the plant, and I remember at the time when they said, hey, Charlie will not get on board, what should we do? I said, because I was early in my understanding of 5S, I knew I had failed many times before, and I wanted to do it a new way, and I said, I'm not sure. Leave it alone right now. We'll figure it out. Follow the methodology, just leave Charlie alone. Charlie was such a difficult person that he was removed from the normal flow of work and put into what's called the hen house. The hen house, excuse me, this is my not my terminology, this is just the way it was, is where the women worked. And they would lay down the resin on the propellers. It was a great big room in the middle of the plant and in an upper corner was Charlie and his machine. Charlie did extraordinary work. His work was always excellent. It was outstanding. It's just that he wasn't a very friendly person. He was a grump of the first order. But the ladies could kind of handle it. They kind of joked around. They didn't take it personally. They left him alone because that's what he wanted. He wanted to be left alone. And so the steering team realized, oh my gosh, our only before is Charlie. Well, let's give it a try. It's been eight or nine months. Maybe he's softened up. Let's go see if he'd be willing to let us let him be do the before, be the before, and then we'll make the transformation. He doesn't have to do anything. We'll make it dazzling because we know what visual dazzling looks like. And it'll be easy for him. He won't have to participate. So they went up to the steering team. Harvey was the lead that month on the steering team. But Ondine took the one up and said, said to Charlie, she was on the steering team, Yago, and ah, was it Mildred? It was Cindy. Cindy, Ondine, Harvey, and Yago. So Ondine goes up to Charlie and says, Hi, Charlie. Charlie doesn't look up. Hey, we're thinking about this thing. This really great thing has happened. The plant's been saved. UTC is going to be here on Tuesday. And we would love to make, we're supposed to make a presentation. Mr. Shea asked us to make a presentation. And we'd love to make it on your area. Because, you know, it's just such a fabulous before. And then 
we can just work on it and transform it the way the other areas are. What do you say, Charlie? Would you let us do that? You don't have to lift a finger. Would you let us do that? Huh? And she, as well as everyone else in the prop center, had a particular eye on the derelict table that was situated between the two machines that Charlie worked. She knew the first thing she wanted to do was get rid of that table, replace it with this gorgeous stainless steel table. She could hardly wait. She was itching to do it. Everyone else was as well. So what do you think, Charlie? And Charlie made the same answer you would if you were Charlie. He said, no. He didn't even look up. He said, no. Went on with his work. But Charlie, says Undine, you don't understand. This is really important, and, and you don't have to do anything. And, and, and this will be really great, and no. So they huddle, steering team huddles. And Harvey, who is the lead that month, he said, look, no is no. Let's just move to plan B. We'll just have to create a plan B. It's Thursday afternoon now. Let's do a plan B. So they work on the plan B. And I beg your pardon, I was wrong to say that. It was Friday now. That's important because the weekend's ahead. Yeah, we'll do plan B. We can. They started pulling plan B together. They said, we'll be ready by Monday to present it to Stanley. And it's time to go home now, so let's clock out. Everybody clocked out. Steering team clocked out, sort of. Charlie clocked out. Everybody went home. It's Friday. We'll pick it up on Monday. We'll be okay. A little bit disappointed. Everybody clocked out, sort of, because Ondine and Yago and Cindy decided that Charlie didn't really mean it, that Charlie didn't really know what was good for him, that Charlie would be really pleased if Yago and Cindy and Ondine did the work when he got back on Monday. And that's exactly what they did. They stayed. They were clocked out, but they stayed. They took the video of the before, this fabulous before, this derelict before with a derelict table. And then they went to work because they knew the methodology. They did their smart placement. They did their border functionality. They did deep, deep driver license level addresses. Fantastic. They did a transformation. And they did it by 9 o'clock that night. And they took their after video. And they went home so excited, so happy. They could hardly wait until Monday when they would go back to the plant to see what people said, what they thought, and in particular, Charlie. They knew he would be overjoyed because it was dazzling. Harvey comes in on Monday, and Harvey is the person who told me the story about a week later, long after what I'm about to tell you had happened and long after UTC showed up. He said, I came into the plant on Monday morning. I was punching in. It was 625. Punched in, but I heard this sound. It was a weird sound. It was, oh my goodness, it sounds like some animal is caught in a machine, which sometimes happened. An animal will get in and get caught in a moving part. Oh my goodness. And he's following this horrible sound. Loud. He wants to rescue the animal, help out, turn off the machine, do something. It was a horrible sound. He's following the sound, following the sound, but the sound takes him to his supervisor's office, and he's standing outside his supervisor's office, looking through the glass window of the door. 
And on the other side of the door is his supervisor and Charlie. And Charlie is making the sound. Charlie is screaming at the top of his lungs. And his face is red and his, the veins are popping out of his throat. He looks extremely distressed. Harvey is aghast. And Charlie is doing something that will offend your ears, but please allow me. He's going something like, And as Harvey listens, he hears, I want my table back. 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 <gasps> Harvey gets it. Oh, my gosh. They did it even though we said we weren't going to. They stayed and they did it. And the first thing that they were going to do was to throw out the table and replace it with a beautiful stainless steel table. Oh, my gosh. They did it. So Harvey goes back and finds the steering team, Yago and Cindy and Ondine. And they said, you guys, what did you do? And they say, did you see it? Isn't it fantastic? It's fantastic, isn't it? We got the best video. And Harvey looks and he says, that's not what I mean. You hear that sound? Yeah, yeah. What is that, by the way? That's Charlie screaming at the top of his lungs. He wants his table back. <gasps> you mean he doesn't like it? You mean he's upset? Yeah, he's upset. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's Charlie screaming like that? Yeah. What are we going to do? Well, there was nothing to do. The damage, and it was deep damage, was done. It was done. And when I spoke to them about 10 days later or so, they said, what can we do, Gwendolyn? I said, there's nothing to be done. You've done something, actually, that a lot of people try to do in their life, something that is unchangeable, irretrievable. You have done irretrievable harm. There's nothing you can do but learn the lesson. Unless you can get Charlie's table. And of course, the dumpster came on Saturday to take the table away. Charlie was damaged. If he was damaged goods before, he was now deeply, deeply, deeply embedded in that state. And something else happened. So I will tell you when we get back from this, our final break for today. See you in a minute. Lessons learned. You'll see. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. 
keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn. And you're in the final segment of our show today at the Visual Workplace. We're in the midst of Charlie's table. More was revealed in a short time afterwards. And I'll continue with the story now. So they transformed Charlie's area. Charlie saw it. He hated it. He wanted his table back. He screamed it, and the day just kept getting worse from there. I heard about it a week or so later. The presentation continued with the UTC VP. That all went well. The plant was saved, and something else happened. Charlie wanted his table back. This story about Charlie is true. It's not uncommon. It is about his value field. It is about where he does work. And what looked like a victory for the team turned into a setback. The workforce in Charlie's table, in Charlie's company, this prop center was thoroughly trained in the 5S plus one technology. They were doing their application. They knew the process and the values. They just hadn't experienced this particular set of circumstances themselves. And so they tested the model, they forgot the values, and they made a mistake. They had a new learning, that's of some benefit, but Charlie never did get on board. Not that anyone really expected him to, but this was different. After the table incident, he opted entirely out of the system even more than before. He kept his eyes down, stayed on the edges where it was safe for him, but the thing is he was not alone. Others had been watching. We talked about the rowers, which is the steering team, clearly Cindy, Undine, Yago, and Harvey, and the watchers. Charlie was a grumbler. The watchers. Others had been watching, and they saw what happened. They heard about it. They began to keep their eyes down, too, and stay on the edges where it was safe. People began to feel cautious and a little tense. S1. The first step in a long process called a visual conversion had turned into a battleground. So what happened to Charlie had a harmful effect on the implementation at that company as well. So-called junk was taken away. 
but instead of a feeling of goodwill and satisfaction, the shop floor became divided over this incident. And the very initiative that was supposed to bring people together was working the opposite. But there was more hiding just under the surface. It was later revealed that the table, which had been pitched into the dumpster and carted away, had all of Charlie's speeds and feeds etched on the top. He put them there, his secret settings. Remember I told you he did excellent work? He did excellent work. That's why people tolerated this amount of kind of negativity. His work was outstanding. Charlie had carved his speeds and feeds and settings into the wood, so he would always have them handy at the point of use. His job security was that he shared it with no one. And so when Charlie was hollering at the top of his lungs, demanding his table back, he was really hollering in defense of the good, the good that he could offer to the company that he had offered over so many years. And it was gone in a flash. Yes, it could be recreated, but it would take some time. He would have to remember instead of the table remembering. The table helped him. The table was his partner. Because others thought that they knew better than Charlie, better than that I, that individual will, they changed that for themselves, for the company, and for Charlie. So the values lesson is extraordinary. And I remember when I heard about this story, the next day I was working with another company in another part in Boston, and I went and met with the team at 7.30, and I said, look, before we begin, I have an announcement to make. I lied to you before when I said the first S is for sort through and sort out. It's not. I remember this moment so well. The first S is for spirit. The first S is for the spirit of the workplace, the spirit inside of you, but also the spirit inside of me and everybody else in this company. I thought about Charlie. The first S is for spirit, and this was many, many years ago. If it embarrasses you to use the word spirit, then you can say the first S is for respect. People will think you're illiterate, but you can say that because we're talking about the deep respect we accord to another human being because they are on the planet with us. And they have their reasons and they have their struggles. And if there is something that you want to change in a person, don't. We are changing the process. People get afraid. They push back when they think the change that you want to make is the change in them. They will change if you are values-driven, but you cannot do a direct frontal assault. You can't. And visuality is a pull system. It's a methodology and a system of inventiveness, of finding solutions Self-explaining, self-ordering, self-regulating, self-improving. You let people keep these cherished things. They're in their value field. That machining center was Charlie's value field. He wants control over that value field. And early on, we give people the choice to get on board with visuality or not. Attendance is mandatory. Participation is always, always voluntary. What is it about a hero that makes them heroic? It is the harnessing of their will for the benefit of others. That is what a hero is, to harness my will to benefit others. This is 
the extraordinary contribution that heroes make. And there are heroes at work, and you know this whole series is about what would it be like if managers and supervisors understood that part of their main work is to make heroes of people at work. This was Ted's complaint. I came here 27 years ago. I wanted to do something great. What happened? We're talking about the same set of values, but we're talking about it now from the other end of the spectrum, Charlie. All in good time, when you are messing with things, you are messing with a territorial imperative. 5S is about things. The my way or the highway approach will not build the kind of participation the company needs for achieving a visual workplace or even continuous improvement. S1 is not the end of the process. It is the first step. And deciding what to keep and what to toss is very much the beginning. Don't make a battleground out of it. Don't waste your energy in battling with people over things. They know that they're going to have to put it in good visual order, make it clean, make it safe. But it's impossible to know what is in the human heart or why people say no. When they say yes, they bring their will to it. When they say no, this is their humanity. It's a very hard lesson to learn, but I will tell you, the steering team at Hamilton Standard learned it, and many people have also heard this story, as I'm telling today, and it helps, because people are entirely worth it. The change is dazzling, and the change happens in people themselves. Self-driven improvement. The majority doesn't rule. The exception does. That's the value set, and that's what get you, going to get you the long, long, long way, the long road. I had a wonderful time with you today. I hope these points are useful to you. I hope you can use them in your own work, in your own lives. They've been very meaningful for me. And you know what? I look forward to the next time. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm signing off. Let the workplace speak. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again.